This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Mark, you're going to tell us about a lemonade stand versus the police. First, we're going to go to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi, guys. Uh, You had Ron Paul on the other night, and uh, I know that specifically, Ian, you don't like the, or you're not real supportive of the audit the Fed bill, and I wanted to explain why a Christian anarchist feels that People need to support the audit the Fed bill. And, oh, I didn't uh, say you shouldn't support it. I just said I don't think anything's going to come of it. Well, I think something will come of it, right, and, and this is this is this is what I think will come of it. Uh, even as as an anarchist, of course, I don't acknowledge any authority of the government over me at all. Mm-hmm. But I do participate in certain things politically that I feel will help to wake people up to the fact that all of this stuff is a bunch of baloney. And an audit the Fed bill would definitely do that if they were successful in getting it across. And even if they're not successful in getting it across, it'll wake people up to the fact that they're just a bunch of thugs and crooks up there. And, uh, you know, because if they... Ron Paul has put all this effort into it, and, of course, all of the supporters, and we've got uh, a global, not quite a global, but a nationwide effort that has really organized and rallied behind this cause to audit the Fed. And if at this point they don't pass that bill, which, you know, they, they're up to their little shenanigans trying to get it uh, uh, sidetracked and uh, sure. and defeated. So if at this point they don't pass it, that shows what a bunch of crooks and thugs they are, and people will will open up their eyes. Now, if they do yeah, get but, it passed, but wait a minute. I mean, how many people opened up their eyes after the uh, the, the, the bailouts? I mean, maybe some people a did. Lot, a lot of people, Ian. I talked to a lot of people in, during the course of a day. I talked to people, lawyers, doctors, uh, truck drivers, and I talked. They all understand now that the money is being stolen from their wallet and given to a few bankers at the top. Everybody gets it. There isn't anybody I talk to that hasn't figured that out. There's a lot of so, jokes. Yes. There's a lot of jokes on late night television that are saying basically that that uh, that the, the bailout was uh, poor people bailing out rich people. So everybody is on this this journey from life to death, and during their journey from life to death, they learn more and more about the reality of things around them. And one of the realities of things about around them is that there is no authority behind government, and this helps to show people, it helps them along that path to learn these lessons. Nobody understands all this stuff from day one. They have to get it a little bit at a time. I progressed from uh, kind of a liberal uh, hippie type in the 60s onto what I would call a Republican gun seller. Actually, I had a federal firearms license. I was selling Mm -hmm. guns. And then I went into a, a, a libertarian stretch, and then I finally became an anarchist, but I don't blow things up. I mean, I'm not a a black-hooded anarchist that goes around and throws bombs everywhere. That's not really what any kind of anarchist is that I know, but um, it's a progression, and people aren't going to learn it all overnight. So you got to kind of spoon-feed it to them a little at a time, and I think that this audit the Fed bill is just another spoonful of 
pudding that's going to show these people exactly what those thugs are up at the top. And I appreciate I think the, it's I, a great Gene. Great I, I appreciate the uh, the perspective there. I, I think that you know you've. I think you're pretty accurate with that. I think. I guess my position on it is uh, people shouldn't expect this to uh, to change anything. And what you're saying is that it won't probably change anything. That, uh, but what it might do is it might just show a few more people how crooked the system is. And, and to that end, then it, uh, you, you're probably yeah, right. It'll, edu- it'll educate people, and that does change things. If you can educate people, you are changing things. And if we educate them into nothing more than the fact that there are a bunch of thugs in Washington, D.C., which I've been trying to tell people for 30 years, I've been every time people will point to some country across the ocean as being our enemy, I always wake them up and say, you know, our enemies are not overseas. Our enemies are all sitting in Washington, D.C. They're the ones that are trying to infringe on our rights on a daily basis, not anybody overseas. Well, I consider myself a pretty optimistic dude. It's just that I've uh, been burned on the political process. And I have to say, Gene, uh, what do you, I mean, how do you feel about the idea that well, the audit the Fed bill is being supported by a bunch of Republicans, and so it's going to get a bunch of Republicans very excited about auditing the Fed, and then they're going to, you know, it's going to get shot down by, for whatever reason, or even if it gets through, they'll believe that the Republicans are out there working for liberty, when in point of fact they're not. They're just doing this because, well, Obama's in charge. And how many people are going to, in 2010 or 2012, say to themselves, well, we're going to show those Democrats and go and elect some Republicans, thinking that they can just elect the right people and change a the lot, system. A, a lot of people are going to be like that, Ian. A lot of people are going to just be on the left-right paradigm. But some of those people, a percentage of them, are starting to wake up. And that's, the, the revolution was, fought, was started with something like 5 to 8% of the people. I don't know the exact amount. Most of the people but this doesn't to do anything to break King George. Yeah, but this doesn't do anything specifically to break the right-left paradigm. It sure it does. It's at the very least bar pi- bipartisan. Either there are a bunch of Democratic sponsors. There's a there majority be because 275 right. co-sponsors in the House. That's well over half. Right. It's you know there there are a lot of Democrats on board with this in the House. Democrats, a lot of them, do. I'm talking about regular people, understand that their money's being stolen too. I I get entirely that uh, that that uh, you know these people are going to try to pencil whip this audit. I understand they're going to. Maybe it'll get through. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But it seems to me that I should support any step in the right direction. I guess. I, I would like to. I would like to take pick up another topic. I just here don't feel like picking up the phone to do anything about it. That's all because I know that it's not going to do anything. But if no, it gets some people on board for liberty, would it do I don't do see something? how it's going to get people on board for liberty. That's the, that's the Ian, thing I don't get, because there have take, been so many bills different, over it, it, this, all the years. It, it, it took different things for you and I to get where we were. Once I heard about yeah, that... Yeah, but it wasn't a political waiting, bill. Yeah, it was. No. Um, it was uh, the New London case. It was a Supreme Court ruling, right? The New London case was a step for me. Uh, the, uh, the Ron Paul loss in uh, New Hampshire was a step for me. These are incidents. And They're this all steps will on, be the, an incident. on the path to knowledge. But I would like to uh, talk about China for a second and the taxes over there, because I don't, I don't think I really had a chance earlier to explain how in China they're cutting taxes left and right on everything you can think of. They used to have uh, this big fee for automobiles because, you know, uh, the private automobile industry is booming in China. People are buying a lot of private automobiles. And they used to have this... It was a highway tax. When you bought the license for your car, 
you had to pay, I think it was like 10,000 yuan per year, or maybe it was only 1,000 yuan per year. I can't remember what it was, but it was a pretty hefty fee with your registration that went as a highway tax to stimulate the economy and auto sales in China, what they did was they didn't just reduce that tax, they totally eliminated it. It's gone, it's history. And they've eliminated the income tax for most people. They, uh, there is no sales tax. All of those things stimulate the economy. What are we doing here? The exact opposite. Well said, Gene. I agree with you there. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So you believe that this one piece of legislation, even though it's not specifically being um, purported by pro-liberty people, there you know there's one pro-liberty guy behind it, and then 200 something other people that are uh, backing it up for whatever partisan reasons uh, they've decided to back it up. You're saying this one piece of legislation's failure is going to place blame on the system itself? I don't know. I think that people will find. In the New London uh, versus uh, – what, what was the name of the case, do you Kilo. recall? Kilo versus New London yeah. case. Uh, it was a situation where the, the town of New London, Connecticut, was de- condemning an entire neighborhood mm-hmm. so that a uh, – I believe it was Pfizer could build a company there. They would get more tax revenue from that neighborhood. I knew what the Constitution said. It said that uh, eminent domain should only be used for public use, not public good. The Supreme Court was interpreting it as public good, and therefore I saw that the Supreme Court didn't, couldn't, either couldn't read or didn't care what the Constitution said. That was a step for me. 1-800-259-9231. Yeah, I understand you are already well along the path. This is just going to be another bill that fails. It doesn't... Ah, I'm confused. More coming up. Free Talk Live. In an instant, the world changed for Lieutenant General Michael O'Neill. His staff shot before his eyes. Arrested for war crimes, he now faces a short, one-sided trial. The boundaries blur. The chaos returns. Somebody is going to die. The long-awaited sequel to Hell's Fair, The Eye of the Storm, by New York Times best-selling author John Ringo from Bain Books. Remember, if you don't like your world, visit one of ours at Bain.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. That's, uh, again, SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you tonight. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so uh, enjoy those, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website, free for you at freetalklive.com. That's freetalklive.com. The show is also brought to you by the Free State Project. Your best chance at liberty in your lifetime is right here in New Hampshire with hundreds and soon thousands of other like-minded liberty activists. Because you want more than just to be able to hope that somebody's going to see the failure of some bill in Washington, D.C. and say to themselves, boy, that federal government sure doesn't work. Well, uh, that's uh, well. what do I do now? Because even if, even if most people come to some new conclusion because of this new bill that uh, the audit the Fed bill fails or whatever, they come to the conclusion that the federal government is corrupt, they won't have any solutions to, uh, to, to jump to. Most people aren't listening to Free Talk Live. They're not getting the, the message of liberty along with the audit the Fed bill. So I, I think that 
while what Gene was saying earlier about how this could you know, push some people over the edge may be true, I don't think it's going to be very many, and I don't think they're going to have any destination uh, to which to go once they do get pushed over that edge. But they might look for a destination. Maybe they how will. It's you... all very speculative. It and is very what, speculative. What you're trying to get me to do is admit that this is worth spending time on, and I don't believe it's worth spending time on. I believe there are far what? more things that are much more uh, that will give you a much greater return on investment than any kind of time spent on supporting the audit the, the Fed bill. But um, if that's how you want to spend your time, by all means. I think that there are better things to spend one's time on from a uh, political action standpoint um, for liberty than the audit the Fed bill. However, I'm going to support, um, on, for, you know, from the national level, I still have, you know, some inkling, some tiny, tiny, tiny little hope. I'm not th- saying it's a realistic hope that something might turn around for the good old U.S. of A., um, and I, I can't vote. I can't vote against something like the, uh, the audit, the Fed bill, because of that. And sort I didn't of say you root, vote against it. I'm sort of root against it. Well, that's kind of you know, it's like ah, who cares if it wins? Big deal. Blah, Just blah. hey, I'm jaded, Scrooge Mark. This. I don't expect well, me to care about I, this crap. I get that you're jaded. It, I totally understand. If it did succeed, it would probably have the effect of waking some people up because I imagine an audit of the Federal Reserve would show people that they're really running up deficits, basically they're going to threaten the stability of the dollar. And I think you would get a lot of people who started to look a little bit more into central banking. Now, I'm not saying it's necessarily going to pass or it's even likely, but if it does get passed, I think a lot of people will see that the Federal Reserve is a very flawed institution and they might start thinking about the money system. I mean, that's yeah, specifically one specific area where people might take It's a lot pause. of mites. It's a lot of mites and could well, what, and uh, I mean, possibilities. Well, what should people do if they're right. sitting in Ohio or California? I mean, some people, I would recommend moving to New Hampshire as if part they, of the Free State yeah, Project. Yeah, if they but, love liberty, they should move to New Hampshire. Well, right. should, but, but they don't know project. about it, just like you said. A right. lot they of them don't. don't know about it. That's I just it, which is why concur. if you're going to spend time on politics, it makes more sense to support a candidate that actually has a message that's worth supporting. A Ron Paul candidate, I gave uh, you know a few hundred bucks to Ron Paul during his 2008 campaign, and I felt like it was money okay spent. I think the campaign could have done a better job with it, but you know, all that aside, uh, he still did better uh, promoting the ideas of liberty than anyone else was at that time, and so that's why he uh, got the money. I'm not similarly inspired in any way by some piece of legislation I, to, to give money to this effort, for instance. You know, the Campaign for Liberty uh, just sent me this uh, four-page document begging me for money, and just, sorry, it just I'm, doesn't get me going. I guess uh, I, I haven't given any money for the for it either, because I figure it's a, it's a, it's an idea whose time has come, and I think that it will go through I, it, in some kind of uh, watered-down, bastardized form. Unfortunately, that's how Washington does things. Um, and, you know, I, what can I tell you? I think we've all gotten our thoughts out on this, so if you want to share yours, 800-259-9231. I don't feel like I have the strongest position here because I think you guys are making some good points, but I still don't feel persuaded to actually invest any time in trying to, you know, call a congressman about this or, or do any of that stuff or even tell a friend. Uh, let's go to Fred in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Fred. Hi, Ian. How are you? It's Fred Parcells from uh, the Keene, formerly of the Keene Police Department, and uh, currently, or for, also formerly of the Keene City Council. We've talked so much about you, Fred. I think this is the first time you've actually ever called Free Talk Live. But I'm calling out of a uh, state of aggravation with you. Oh, no. With me? What have I done? Did Mark not tell you? I, uh, I, Fred, I, I failed you. I, 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 what? You know, the, I've forgotten the break. I'm sorry. 
someone, uh, Ian, on your, I don't know if it's your site or you're the administrator of the of the free keen postings, I, I don't know the technical terms, uh, is using my name and you're allowing that to occur? Oh, the free keen blog uh, comments. Yeah, I saw those today. I think people figured out pretty quickly that it wasn't you, Fred, so I don't yeah, think you have anything don't, to be concerned don't, with. Don't, don't, don't you think you have an obligation to take them down and to correct uh, Boy, if yeah, I had I, to police uh, all of the comments on the uh, the freaking yeah, forum, but I'm not I'm not asking you to police comments. You knew that it wasn't me that wrote whatever was written. You you can tell by wh- however the person sends the information, and you know that it wasn't me. I'm with Fred. I write when I write there, which is infrequent, but on occasion, you know exactly that it's coming from. Uh, my email. This, know that. The, the Free Keen Forum is not the BBS. It doesn't run by the same rules. You're it's the far, comments, actually. The comments on the Free Keen. You're far more active uh, on blog. Free Keen. I understand. Fine. Whatever it is. I, I may not know the right terms either. Well, and wait. I somebody that, wants to engage in uh, satire, then they're certainly welcome to engage they, in satire. Then call they can then do rename that, but them. They, sh- they shouldn't be using my name. I understand, Fred, but welcome to the Internet. I mean, this is a place where people can uh, pose I mean, as others. You're in charge of such matters. You knew it wasn't me. I actually don't take responsibility for the comments on the blog. Anybody can come along and anonymously post whatever they want to, and they can put whatever name they want on there, and you that's can put, just the way it's set up. You can put strictures on it. You have the ability to do that. You can go in and rename them the pseudo-Fred or something like that. But it's that. obvious that they're not Fred. Anybody that reads well, the comments can tell that because the next comment right in line is from somebody else saying, hey, this isn't Fred. So the market has well, solved you, the problem. Then, then you know what? Then you need to go on and and say, I know for a fact it's not Fred, and and uh, find out who's being so stupid out there. And you would know who that is because I'm sure it's someone that's written to you, perhaps under another one of their aliases, um, but that you would be able to determine who that is. Knowing I don't, that it I don't know that who it is. That sounds speculative, Fred, I can see I, but the I think I, that he should do something about it. I can see the IP address of the person. Uh, they put in a fake email address, so all I have is an IP address. But you're right. I could post that uh, that I know this is Fred. I, I may have been persuaded no, to... Fred. I know it's not Fred. I may have been persuaded to do that. I actually considered doing that earlier, but I thought, well, there were already several posts saying that it wasn't you, so that seemed but to, you're, to be you're, you're, you're the enough. administrator, or whatever the appropriate term okay, is, Fred. Of, of the site. Do it. And I'm going to do it right it now. I'm on the air. Well, okay? right, Cut me right a break. I, I don't mean I, right now. I, I, I think Fred has a point. I said I'd take care of it. Gosh, okay. people. You win, Anything Fred. else? <laughs> it's, lonely. it's lonely at the top, Ian. When you're in charge, you have to take the Except I'm not in charge, Fred. I'm doing this as a favor to you because you're a nice guy. Thanks for the call tonight. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Anybody else? You know, if you ask nicely, I'll consider doing something like that. But, hey, it's the Internet. People can pose as other people. And I don't know. Maybe it was Fred. I don't know whose IP it is. How do I know whose IP it is? It could be anybody. Actually, it's somebody in Illinois from what it looks like. 800-259-9231. Freekeen.com is what he's talking about. You can see the comments there on the latest story. It's Free Talk Live. FreeOzRadio.com. Kevin Rudd is a big fat hypocrite. Who's Kevin Rudd? Who's Kevin Rudd? Crikey, an Australian-focused liberty podcast. I don't know who Senator Conroy is, but... He's the Minister of Broadband. Yeah, well, I just don't care about politicians' He's in charge of all the censoring of the internet. I don't really care who the politician is. I just want, want it to stop. I don't care who's doing it. Just stop. Is that what parents say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
FreeOzRadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features do include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com and edit virtually anything that's there. It's like the listener editable version of our website at wiki.freetalklive.com. Guns, protests, smoking bans, biker rallies, Comic conventions, pork fest, homeschooling, mortgages, pirates, hot chicks talking about liberty, and of course, there's the puppet from outer space, thinktwicenews.com. Go there and subscribe today. It's thinktwicenews.com, brought to you by SACL CAI. You know, since we're talking about things uh, going on here in our lovely Keene, New Hampshire, which is, of course, one of the many destinations for liberty activists moving as part of the Free State Project, there was some action this morning at about 10 a.m. at the, the Keene District Court. Yet another uh, liberty activist, another peaceful activist, was brought before the court. And, well, he appeared before the court because I guess he understood that they would come and force him to appear if he didn't. Uh, on a charge of illegal gardening, or as they called it, excavation without a permit. And it was uh, Anarcho Jesse who the video of his original arrest is available over at freekeen.com. You can see that happening. Basically, the story behind it was the city council at the time had uh, spent $5,000 and voted to spend 5000 taxpayer dollars on a, a viability study for a co-op. Now, the co-op would be a privately run food co-op, and basically they had uh, come to the city to beg them to help them fund their business with this viability study. So all of the taxpayers were then essentially put on the hook for paying for this viability study when not all of the taxpayers might have been interested in uh, funding this particular co-op. But that all aside, Jesse decided to make a point about how it is that the viability study isn't necessary for such things. You just go out, get the get the darn uh, dirt, and plant the seeds. And so that's what he did. He brought, a, I guess, a hoe or a trowel or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was a hoe. And he brought that out to uh, Central Square, this central area here in the, the, the town, King. The town square. I mean, Correct. city property. Well, well it was uh, just coming out. I mean, it's, it's our property. We pay taxes, so it's public property, meaning that everybody owns a piece of it, or no one owns a piece, one or the other. And so he came out there with his stuff, uh, a few bags of dirt, some seeds, came out with a hoe, and it was just getting to the end of wintertime, so spring was just kind of coming into – there wasn't, a, I think, a leaf on the tree at that point, so there was certainly no grass on the ground. It wasn't like he was destroying anything that was already beautiful or anything like that. And he uh, stuck the hoe in the ground, and shortly thereafter, a few minutes later, after he dug a, a, sl- a small trench, maybe no more than three or four inches deep, one of the, uh, the police came by, uh, Lieutenant Shane Maxfield, and arrested Jesse, hauled him off, took away all the stuff, and that was the trial that was scheduled today. Well, I mean, let's be clear that uh, it's it's not like they, they just surprised him or anything. He you know, posted on uh, Free Oh, it was an announced uh, yeah. disobedience, but it was also something that should have been left alone. He was beautifying and improving. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> he was beautifying and improving uh, the what was 
basically a patch of grass and improving well, it by planting tomatoes in there. In theory, we all own Main Street, but if I took a jackhammer to it to put in a swimming pool for the community to use, no one should stop me. <laughs> well, it sounds funny, but that I I think it's pretty close parallel to what he was doing. Come on now, that's uh, your your example. While it parallels it, is like paralleling it over into an area where it's easily arguable that something was done. That could have interfered with others' enjoyment of the the main street, whereas a a plot of gar a garden plot in a, a field of grass does nothing. It wasn't like it was in the way of anything at all. It was just a a, a barren well, field. It was well, it was barren because the snow had just melted. But right, and, it and later it's grass. Your, yeah, but it does change your ability to use the town square. I mean, it would in that be, you might have to walk around it a little bit. Is that what you're saying? It's it's not exactly an e- equivalent. Well, it's not a huge field. I mean, it's a relatively small area that people do use for gatherings, and I can understand the point he was trying to make. But I think I think it's hard to sell it as he was somehow victimized for outlaw gardening because the only outlaw part about it was he was. Doing it on city property. I think that um, that what he did was artistically and adroitly back them into a corner um, that they had to react on. The fact is, town, uh, you know, the the central square, and and believe me, I'm not a fan of uh, anarcho Jesse and his activism, and I could be a lot meaner if I felt like he really. Uh, you know, did a bad thing. He was artful in this. He he got he would used a, an issue that was uh, timely, which was the, this uh, food co-op. It didn't exactly parallel, but it was close enough, likely in people's mind, that putting a little community garden in there kind of paralleled with the idea of the co-op and the uh, the money that was uh, stolen and given to the co-op for their mm-hmm. feasibility study and all that kind of thing. But I think he knew from the very beginning of it that. He had them dead to rights, and that they, they, they were going to have to come out and mess with him. And uh, they yeah, did. I think he knew that. Yeah, he I'm had. Just, them. I'm just like, recapping. There was what nothing that here. they could do. I'm just recapping for our listeners that might not have known what uh, what went down. So today was the trial, and predictably, uh, he was found guilty. And he tried to. I, th- I think he did a fairly good job. Uh, he, in defense of himself, basically his legal arguments surrounded the state's definition of excavation because he'd been charged with excavation without a permit or something like that. I think that was the charge. And okay. Not positive, but it was a town ordinance that he had allegedly violated, the excavation thing. And so he went in and said, okay, well, the ordinance does say this, but the state law defines excavation as using a, you know all these different tools to move the dirt and with the exception of tilling the sto- soil for agricultural purposes. It actually says... So that, that is, so it is, in fact, not excavation. It is, in fact, not excavation. However, he was still found guilty because the town ordinance also apparently has the term disturbing city property. So apparently if you go and you kick over an anthill on city property, you've disturbed it and could be charged with the, you know disturbing city property without a, a permit. Well, that's how so, these laws are written. They're written to be arbitrary, uh, right. that they, that, to be enforced in an arbitrary fashion. I think we all sort of knew that... Uh, <laughs> what he was doing was going to be considered illegal. I, I, I so guess, it was a $100 fine plus a $20 fee on top of the fine, so it came I, out to I'm flabbergasted by that crap. How how they can put a fee on a fine just just lays me out. I, I cannot understand. It's the privilege of being the state. I, you can it, put it a fee whatever you me. want. You can put a fee on anything you want. You know, I, so, I, so, I he, so he said he wasn't going to pay. And, uh, He's going to go to jail for three days, right? Right. Community service was not offered. I don't know if he would have taken that, but the judge basically said you're going to pay or you're going to jail for three days. Was this and Judge Burke? 
It was uh, Judge Burke, Edward Burke. Uh, That's right. Edward Burke said, the man in the robe said, that, uh, you're going to go to jail for three days if you don't pay this. So he's going to give him a few days to think about it. And the last I heard was Jesse is considering an appeal. Some of the activists there said they would pay for the appeal. Of course, it's easy to point out that the appeal was, is probably going to cost more than the uh, paying the fine. the fine. So the state would end up with more money. Uh, apparently, there is some sort of process that would allow him to apply as an indigent defendant or something like that. But then they might need to see financial information. So who knows how onerous uh, of a an invasive of a process that particular thing is. So we're still going to uh, – it's undetermined at this point how this is going to play out. But there's a very real possibility that yet another activist, yet another peaceful person will be spending jail in uh, – spending time in jail here in Cheshire County, New Hampshire. I think the current totals are up to well over $6,000 taxpayer dollars being spent to keep activists in jail this year in 2009. It has been a, a banner year for locking up peaceful people here in Keene, New Hampshire. Now, uh, peaceful, I'm not entirely ready to use the term peaceful. Well, he did in, bring a gun with him well, to... But, and, and not, it's, it's not the gun issue. I mean, uh, the man has the right to uh, bear arms as far as I'm concerned. It, it, it seems a little inappropriate. But if he were... It's not a peaceful act in that he was doing vandalism to property. And it's communally owned property. So at the same time that it's his property, it's... Uh, everybody else is in Keene, too. Mm-hmm. So although he's allowed to till his own soil, he is not allowed to till mine, although I'm not a resident. And most, a lot of the other owners probably would have viewed that as vandalism. So I'm not entirely ready to call it peaceful. However, uh, you know, I he don't know. harm I anybody's the, property. Nobody owns that property. Either he owns the property or nobody owns or the property. Every, or everybody does. Well, and he made a claim on that particular piece for that particular and time. And so did the people that arrested him. <laughs> More on the way. You can take control. He didn't use violence. They did. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. And again, that's amazon.freetalklive.com. We're talking about uh, the trial of Anarcho Jesse. He is one of the... Uh, free staters, uh, one of the liberty activists here in the Keene, New Hampshire area, and I would say probably one of the most controversial uh, free staters across New Hampshire just because he's engaged in some forms of activism that haven't really been very popular amongst a lot of other liberty, uh, liberty-minded liberty people here. Of course, I think he's probably most noteworthy or notorious, however you want to put it, uh, for the triple flag burn that happened last – I think it was last year – and he burned the uh, the American flag, the UN flag, and the state of New Hampshire flag, which Mark, you and I have argued plenty on that particular issue. And I'm and sure we're Nick, not talking about that that issue at this time because no. I certainly wouldn't be falling on Jesse's side. And Nick, I'm sure you'd probably take Mark's side on the uh, the flag. Oh yes, burn. I I don't know if it's so much the form of the activism that he's chosen. I think the tone and the specific, the, just the way he's gone about the activism, is what. It kind of turns me off to it. I, I, I honestly don't know if it's productive. I think it can turn people off uh, to other liberty activists and what they're doing in the area. 
I think you can make that statement about just about anything. Uh, there I, was a, a I think it does turn people off. I'll make that statement. I think you can make that statement off. about anything that uh, that activists do, and I think that uh, with with the example of Sam, our friend Sam Dodson from the Obscure Truth Network, who went to jail recently for 58 days because he went into the city building with a video camera, went up to the second floor into the public clerk's office and tried to video uh, to video record there. They arrested him, and he used his right to remain silent, and because he chose to remain silent. He was kept in jail for 58 days. There was some guy who criticized him who allegedly would have agreed with us. So a perfect example of somebody who was made very upset by uh, one of the forms of activism here, which a lot of us supported, uh, that uh, was this this gentleman uh, was made very upset and he claimed to be somebody who likes freedom. Uh, he's somebody who actually called this show a year ago and announced himself as a state rep candidate from around here and uh, talked a good game about uh, freedom. And when I asked him to take the small government pledge, he refused to do it. He writes this uninformed uh, letter to the the city newspaper, an open letter to Sam, critiquing him and being well, sounding uninformed and, and rude uh, about the situation. But it just uh, just as an example to, to show you whether it's burning a flag or engaging in free speech or rather the freedom of the press, there's some aspect of of any of those things that's going to make somebody angry. Yes. You can't win them all. No, certainly you can't. I just think you can do a better job of bringing more people to your side than alienating them. If you're alienating more people than you're bringing on, you really might as well stay home. Yeah, and there's no real way to determine there, that. There's right? not. You can't really tell. There's not, but I, I think... It's speculate, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just speculating. It's just my personal opinion on it, and while I'm sure Sam's activism has angered some people, obviously it angered this one guy you were talking about who rode into the Sentinel, I think that Sam's activism is just a little bit more... It's more well thought out. And I think that you might be able to bring people around again on it. Like if you talked to the individual who wrote this letter, you might be able to convince him about Sam's activism. I don't, however, think you could show him what Jesse did and bring him around on that. On the flag. Not on the on the flag or the gardening. I think well, a lot of people are not. Real. I don't even re- see. That's just it. What can you do, right? Because you're never going to make everybody happy. Even within the movement of activists, you can't make everybody happy. I see where you're coming from, Nick, and I agree that some some activism, in my opinion, is more well, effective I than just, others. What, what I just think people need to keep in mind is that when they're doing this activism, it's not just for the benefit of other activists around them. The point of doing this activism is to reach out to other people and bring them over at least closer to your own point of view about liberty. To some extent, it's not. Uh, I think it depends on the goals of the activist involved. I think that there was uh, what I did recently. I went in with a stack of 3,000, well, actually 2,750-something $1 bills. I went into the tax office, and I spent uh, 25 minutes of my time in there paying a property tax bill with all ones. And somebody could say, well, you held up the line. That's going to make people angry uh, because because there were people waiting also to pay uh, property taxes and other extractions uh, behind me. I did bring some pizza and offered it to that them. That was helpful. I think that helped the situation. 
But uh, that was not really something that I had done to reach out to the city of Keene residents so much as to have a, a video created for the purposes of showing the rest of the world what's going I, on here. Yeah, I understand that. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that's what a lot of the civil disobedience activism is going for in the area. And I think that people in the city of Keene who don't necessarily have a view on the, the issues one way or the other sort of pick up on that, or at least the activism's not getting through to them because it's not necessarily designed to. And I understand that there's value in getting more pro-liberty activists to move, but there's only value in it if they're going to be able to convince the people who already live here about the ideas. You know, um, something that Nick said here kind of strikes a chord with me, and I, I, I find a certain amount of agreement uh, for myself. I think that um, that some of the activism that's been done up to this point that I kind of agree with, the civil disobedience type activists, has been done in a manner of look at the system. The system is violent. The system is not working. Uh, the system is a poor way to solve problems. Um, it's been done with uh, sort of uh, more love and you know, more so to show people that there's a problem. And I think that some activism and you know, maybe Jesse's is more like this is kind of the and, and see if this this fits. I, I'm not ready to, to make a, sta- a firm statement on it, but just see if it fits is kind of the Yeah, I'm a rock out with your sock out kind of anarchist. Look at me. Like you I think- didn't feel like the gardening thing was that at all. I thought the gardening thing was very tasteful. OK. I mean, he was planting some tomato seeds, man. Well, but that doesn't <laughs> pretty ju- harmless. I, I'm, I'm just saying it's it's about the attitude that it's uh, that's brought on. I don't know. I, I don't think I don't he had know. a bad attitude. I think with it's that. very difficult to discern. He uh, was very cooperative with uh, with the police lieutenant that came to wise. arrest him. Uh, so you know, he didn't go limp like Sam went uh, limp when he was arrested. A lot of people critiqued Sam for that. So again, it doesn't it doesn't matter what you do. Some people are always going to be very unhappy. You're right about that. But I, but I do agree with you that some I think some instances of activism are better than. Others and I think that the the gardening protest, for as far as Jesse is concerned, was a step in the right direction. Uh, it did happen after the the flag burn, and uh, he also, of course, did the the hat protest in the in the courtroom, which I think was also in the right as well. I I just think that people should keep in mind when they're doing the activism, a good piece of activism should uh, you know it it shouldn't necessarily have to appeal to just activists or just to the unconverted. You, a good piece of activism should be able to make you know people who don't agree with the philosophy of liberty think and at the same time inspire people who already agree with you. Now, of course, you're talking about uh, civil disobedience and non-cooperation. P- pretty much civil disobedience. I mean, politics, uh, politics I don't think really changes people's mind to the same extent. So civil disobedience, it, it doesn't give people the same strong impression of a group. You know, when people think of free staters, I don't think that somebody running for city council or for state representative is really going to cement strong emotional feelings about, you know, pro-liberty activists in the area either way or anywhere. If you're listening somewhere far away, I don't think that politics does that. But I think that civil disobedience, it tends to hit people on a more emotional level, how they react to it, whether they strongly agree with you or change their position closer to yours or whether they completely go the opposite direction and you know completely write off everything else you have to say. Well, one of the interesting things I think about today that I want to make sure that I mention is that the this group of activists here, this these free staters and liberty activists up here in New Hampshire, are a wonderful group of people who I think are very uh, compassionate, 
and very forgiving people because, as I mentioned, Jesse has been one of the more controversial characters. There was a uh, thread on the Freekeen forums within the last few months that sounded a little bit like, you know, kind of violent rhetoric coming from him. I, I wouldn't say for sure that it, that it was, but there was certainly some debate that uh, that sprung up from that. I didn't In read fact, the comments myself, but they sounded like a, a violent rhetoric. They were they were, they were brash. Uh, I would say they were. I would just say for sure they were brash. And uh, and Dale, one of our co-hosts, had had decided that he was not going to go to uh, this particular trial. As a result of that, he was ostracizing Jesse. And I said I was going to go to the trial because I want to support people when they do the right thing. And I thought that this was a good form of activism and that it was something that I wanted to get behind. And I was so pleased to see that about two dozen people, I didn't get an exact count, but there were a lot of activists there today. So despite, you know, even despite all of the uh, missteps perhaps that he may have taken, uh, the activists got behind him and they came out in full force uh, today in support of him. And I thought that was awesome. More on the way here. Hour number two is coming up. You can bring up anything. An illegal lemonade stand. We'll tell you about it. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Talk Live. It is your show. The second hour, we launch into it with your calls about anything. That's the point of the program. We'll still tell you if we get a chance about the evil, unlicensed lemonade stand. Uh, we'll get to that. 800 259 9231 is the number. You can bring up anything. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. Let's get right back into your calls. Go to Dan in Pennsylvania on the amp line. Hello, Dan. Dan? Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind uh, tonight? Well, on Saturday, I was out for a walk, and um, I was coming home after, well, I think I listened to the second half of, of uh, Friday's podcast, and uh, I was on my way up to the porch, and a whole gang of guys chasing another guy went down my street, and I heard gunshots. Oh, my. So I went up on my porch, and I thought... Maybe they were firecrackers, and they looked kind of young, so I thought maybe they were just, you know, fooling around or something. So I started playing Sudoku on my phone, and then I heard more gunshots and people running back the other way, and one of them was carrying a duffel bag of what I later found out was marijuana. Hmm. Now, this is, is interesting because in my town, you know, I know this is going to shock you guys, but people have sold marijuana in my town for a long time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... There are some really big dealers. I live in Western Pennsylvania. There are some really big dealers in a nearby city called New Kensington, or there were. A few years ago, 
the feds, or maybe the cities, I'm not sure which, did this big city cleanup program, which involved operations. And basically, they busted up a bunch of those operations in the big city. And what's happening now is that they're coming into my little town and doing violence against the local dealers, who are actually pretty nice folks. I grew up playing basketball with some of them. Sure. So this is, I mean, I know this is going to be no surprise, but it's just another example of the government in its job of protecting us, causing conflict where there was none, and putting people in danger. So what happened? I mean, where, why were the, the shots being fired? Was it cops shooting at uh, the dealer, or was it a dealer versus dealer thing? What, what happened there? Well, people talk around here a lot, which is a double-edged sword, because it means we get a lot of information, but not all of it is reliable. Mm-hmm. But from what I gather... Somebody was trying to buy the marijuana and shorted them, so oh boy. they they ran him down before he could get to his car. They got it back off of him. He got away, and they were chasing him to, to beat the heck out of him. And now, I have a friend who's a cop, and he said that since he didn't file a uh, you know file charges against them after it all ended, that they are going to completely drop it because as they said in his words no victim no crime which mm. made my you know made my heart surge a bit although i know that it's because they are so short on resources around here and not because you know of any principle to stand although we do have a justice um or a magistrate rather who is renowned for letting uh, nonviolent offenders off the hook mm. So, so the uh, the marijuana dealers that had the marijuana, or the the dealer that had the marijuana, shorted the buyers. Is that how it worked out? No, the buyer shorted the dealers. What did they not count and, the cash before they did the deal? Well, see, this is this is why I said, you know, I don't know about the information we get around here because I got it from four different sources. Yeah, and this is just what I pieced together. I do know it was a drug deal gone bad. One local white guy being chased by a gang of not-so-white guys from New Kensington. and But in the end, it all ended okay. The cops didn't even file charges, although they did steal the marijuana. So this guy got away with it, so to speak, in that he didn't uh, get charged with anything, but he did lose the marijuana to the police. Yes. I'm amazed, that, the, I'm amazed that they managed to confiscate marijuana from someone without charging them with any sort of crime. Do that, you know where the shooting came in? I mean, was the, were, the, were the bigger dealers who got shorted, were they trying to shoot him, or was there an exchange of gunfire? Because from sto- from, as far as the story is, you seem to know it, it sounds like they chased him, caught him, got the marijuana back, or got the marijuana back, tried to chase him. But where did the gunfire come in? Well, apparently... When he was running away from them the first time, they were they were shooting after him. There's a, a bullet hole in a wall that I walked by on my way wow. to the convenience store now. That's scary. So man. the so the big dealers were shooting at the the little you know the local guy. So but you go ahead. My, well, my my whole point was getting back to the fact that you know we had a re- really a peaceful neighborhood here mm-hmm. uh, th- until. The big dealers were chased out of the city by police action into our neighborhood, and now there's violent conflict between them. Well, and, I mean, even if that hadn't happened, there, you still the fact that you'd had peace would have been just coincidence because there are always, there's always the chance that somebody new is going to set up shop, step on some toes uh, from some existing dealers, even in your area, and that could, could lead to violent conflict because this is the black market. And while the marijuana trade is a relatively safe one at lower levels, uh, the, the higher level, uh, higher levels you go to, uh, it 
it gets more and more dis- uh, risky and, and dangerous for the participants. And that's yeah. that's a hallmark of the black market in general. You know, the more money that there is at risk, the more likely some sort of robbery or some some kind of uh, shorting scam will be uh, will be employed. Somebody will get ripped off, which will lead to uh, violent retaliation, which could lead to violent retaliation. It's, it happens more after a big drug kingpin gets busted too. I think it was Peter Chris talking about. Uh, what happens after they make major drug raids and take out a kingpin. And usually what happens is, after a while in the black market, without any police raids, a few big players will settle in. But mm-hmm. once a couple of them get popped, everybody underneath them tries the to scramble. The little guys are making, right, making plays. Right. They're going to try to take over that territory or that drug business. And a lot of times they see an uptick in in drug-related violence right after they bust somebody higher up the food chain because a lot of people are going to try to fill that niche and a few of them are probably going to kill each other trying to do it. And, it, you yeah. know, it's true. Um, and it wouldn't happen that way if marijuana and these other drugs were legal. Then the competition would be as it is in the in the marketplace, the open marketplace, where the best thing you can do to compete is offer better service or, you know, hang out a better price uh, and advertise it. And you know, The drug stores aren't shooting it out. No, exactly. Dan, your uh, final thoughts? Yeah, actually, yeah, um... Some guy called in from New Hampshire. Uh, I think his name was Dave from New Hampshire on Friday and or Saturday and called you guys whiners. Oh, yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I know it's been three days, but can I do my impersonation of him? Well, by all means. Okay. Oh, those founding fathers, they were such whiners. Oh, we're being taxed 4% of our income. We're being oppressed. And the course of human events becomes necessary to blah, 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 blah. Why didn't they just shut up and be good English citizens? There you go. You nailed it. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. Yeah, if you missed that call, you can go tune in to, I think, the third hour of the Saturday show. A real class-A jerk uh, called the show and had well, nothing more to say than just uh, insults. He certainly doesn't seem to, uh, to to get it, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I think more work needs to be done on that fella. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Since we're talking about police, here's a story for you from Kotaku.com. Screams coming from inside a New Jersey house prompted a woman taking a stroll to call the cops. Police arrived on the scene and knocked on the door. That's when things got bizarre. The resident said he was screaming because he was playing video games. Some people get a little pumped up when they're uh, in the midst of the action. Yeah, yeah. Uh, according to MyCentralJersey.com, the man became irrational and more police backup was called in. I wonder what that means. Like, look, cops, I don't want your help. I'm fine here. Leave no, me alone. No, you can't come in. No, you can't come in. Yeah, that's probably it. After the additional officers arrived, the man refused to let police into his house, going as far as threatening them and slamming the door. The police were forced to communicate with the man through the house's open windows. A SWAT team even arrived on the scene. The man eventually came out of his house incident-free at 4.41 in the afternoon. Yeah, and I wonder what it also means when it says he threatened them. Remember, a lot of this comes from the police reports. Sure. If you come in here, I will shoot. Yeah. The man, uh, again, did eventually come out. The investigation is ongoing, so the man's identity hasn't been released. He's been taken to the Somerset Medical Center in Somerville for psychological evaluation. Mm. Now, that's a pretty unusual uh, result, don't you think? I mean, playing video games in your home, yelling because you're getting excited about something and... That's why you have to have a psych evaluation, or is you get are you getting a psych evaluation because you uh, refuse to allow the police into your home? Is that is that now crazy for people to refuse to allow the police into their home? Because that that to me seems like uh, good common sense, or rather maybe uncommon sense, because most people believe they are supposed to let the police into their homes. When in point of fact, it's probably one of the most dangerous, risky things you can do. 
because the police are trained to arrest people and put them in, j- in jail cells. And if you bring them into their ho- into your home, there's a good chance they'll find something to arrest you or one of your family members for. So the man, I think, was in the right by not letting them in, but this is the world we live in where the police are trained to escalate things if they don't get their way. And that's what happened here. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Features including... The Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video proving that they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies, that's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch at freedomsphoenix.com. Let's go to your phone calls. Brody is in Utah, and he's on the amp line. Hey, Brody. Uh, hey, guys. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I just uh, wanted to call and talk about, uh, I was listening to your show from last night, and uh, Ian uh, was making a point about uh, the Constitution and the, uh, the Bill of Rights, saying that uh, if the Declaration of Independence was written into... I can't remember the exact wordage, but something along the lines of putting the Declaration of Independence as one as like the First Amendment. No, uh, what I was saying was we were talking about the uh, the right to bear arms and how it is that I don't really feel like actually bearing arms will do anything to uh, to stop the state's depredations. I think it will just increase the violence by using violence against the state. It'll beget more violence, and the cycle will just continue and and grow and get worse. Uh, and I was suggesting that perhaps maybe uh, if the Second Amendment were the the right to non-cooperate, uh, maybe we'd be better off today than than we are. It was just uh, speculation, just an idea. Okay. Well, that, yeah, the right to non-cooperate. Yeah, that's and that's what you were saying. Uh, anyways, uh, Mark was saying that well, the declara- we had the Declaration of Independence and and see what we still have. But I, I think uh, you make a valid point because if the Declaration of Independence under the Constitution doesn't hold any any legal uh, you know authority whereas people you know see the constitution as being a legal authority whereas so I think if it was put in the constitution I think there would be uh, I, I think it would be interesting to myself as well to see what people would be would be able to do not that it's something that I'm going to push for or anything like that or that it could any way in any way possibly become a political reality it was just more of a thought experiment that's all well in the state of new the state of new hampshire's constitution does actually enumerate a right to revolution or the article abolition 10? yeah the article 10 of the new hampshire constitution does outline the right of the people to abolish a government that's destructive of i think life liberty basically the same thing that the declaration did so has and, anyone ever tried to use that in court Yes. How's it gone? Generally unsuccessful. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, I guess that, that would be our answer then. So. Yeah. Anything else, Brody? No, that was it. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. The way it's been using court, though, is pretty weak because the people who were re- conducting a revolution against the government really weren't. I think it was some um, – I think it, the most recent one I remember hearing about was some anti-war activists who staged a sit-in at a congressional office to bring attention to – they wanted the war to end, but mm-hmm. that's not really 
overthrowing the government no. is it so they're not even really set, like that's not the intent of that clause so i don't even think they had a very good argument constitutionally speaking so as an anti-war activist having a sit-in at a state politician's office or a i think uh, it was one of the congress federal. people around here it was i think it was either sununu or greg i feel like they should uh, have to deal with that on a federal level Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Well, let's talk about the legal lemonade stand, Mark, since we've got a chance. Uh, it has happened again, as it happens from time to time, as young people, some very young, some not uh, not on the youngest scale of young, but either way, people under the age of uh, 18 are engaging in entrepreneurial activity that the state decides, the uh, agents of the coercive violent monopoly decide that uh, they didn't ask us for permission first. We didn't get a permission slip from these kids, so we're going to shut them down. What happened? In Haverford, the call came in at 7.06 p.m. Where's this coming from, by the way? This is from uh, philly.com. Okay. Juveniles, seven of them, on a quiet residential street. That's a gang. Selling an uncontrolled substance. (laughs) Lemonade. The neighbor had... Dimed them out. This oh, is, uh, the, the hip uh, um, writer here, Anthony Wood, uh, uses, I believe, a, uh, a 60s term of dropping a dime in a yeah. payphone. <laughs> is that uh, where that comes from? Yes. Oh, okay. Because that's what you used to... When I was a kid, I carried around a dime in my kangaroos with a little pocket on the side. And by the way, they turn green if they keep them in there long enough. Um, in order to be able to make a telephone call if something went wrong. This would have been at the time that I was in middle school or even elementary school. So, um, yeah. Wait, what turns green if you keep what in the, where? The cheap dime that uh, if you put them in the uh, in your, the pocket of your kangaroos. So the pocket will change colors if no, a the dime? dime. Oh, okay. I, 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 corrodes, swear, I swear I'm dealing with the, the, the inept. When, you, when you're saying it, you're not identifying what it you're talking you could, about. You could have been more descriptive, uh, but I just assumed it was, was a dime. I've seen it's the kangaroos. Isn't it metal that turns metal green? Metal does turn green. God. But I've seen kangaroos before. They have very colorful, sh- uh, colorful shoes, and I figured that one color would change. They only came in a few colors back then. I, man. You're right. They probably didn't have the color changey stuff uh, back in the 70s. Okay. Didn't they have tie-dye, ladies. though? They didn't huh? have tie-dye. They did have that, but so none of the ch- changing color oh, stuff. For God's sake. Anyway, regardless. <laughs> a neighbor had dimed them out. A Haverford Township police officer responded in a hurry. When he arrived at the two-story brick house on Maryland Avenue, he dutifully informed Dana Kleinschmidt, the mother of four of the reputed offenders, who included five-year-old triplets, that they were violating the law, hmm. that they were selling lemonade without a permit. Oh, jeez. Kleinschmidt was nonplussed. She told her children to cease and desist, but the law was news to her and evidently to the, resist, um, to the rest of the township's uh, police department. Now, this is, of course, usually how things go is when people are confronted with the, the violent gang and their demands, they will bend right over and do what they're de- being demanded of. But what would have happened had the kids continued? I mean, would they have arrested some seven-year-olds? Or would the mom be responsible for what her kids were doing? I'm just curious as to exactly how it would have played out had mom said, that's not my lemonade stand. Why are you talking to me? Go talk to them. See if they'll put it, take it down. And then the kids, uh, hopefully being raised in a uh, family full of non-cooperatives, would uh, <laughs> tell the cop. Says you're a stinking pig. Tell the cop, we don't <laughs> talk to strangers. <laughs> How's that gonna go, man? I don't know. I just uh, will there they arrest no non-cooperative seven-year-olds? Seven uh, how old the are these police? kids? Does it say the, uh, the the triplets were five? Okay, 
So five to six the, to seven or something? I don't think the five-year-olds are really going to stand up to an adult. I mean, I don't even know if they can distinguish yeah. between a police officer and a non-police officer. I suspect they can. I mean, I think that kids get that stuff pretty early they on. Sh- they should be able to distinguish between strangers and non-strangers, and he's a stranger. <laughs> With a gun. Yeah. Um, going He's on. not going to shoot. Come on now. Cops are pretty depraved, but I don't think they're going to shoot five-year-olds for running a lemonade stand. I don't think we're that to that point. John F. Viola, the deputy chief of police, said, We all sold lemonade when we were kids. We all went like, who calls the police on kids? This is the police chief saying this. Uh, Yep, deputy chief. Um, As it turns out, according to Viola, the officer's visit was a misunderstanding that finally was left to Sergeant Hagen to straighten out. For 12 years, Hagen acknowledged he, he has patrolled the streets of Haverford buying lemonade paying the kids a buck and surreptitiously not drinking it. After it never occurred to him that he was aiding and abetting lawbreakers, I do the same thing. If I see a kid out with a lemonade stand, I'll stop and get whatever watered-down swill it is that they're serving in order to foster capitalism. Do you actually drink it? Sometimes I try it. More on the way here, 800-259-9231. I'm not sure there's more of the story, but your call's about anything. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, it's your show. If you take control of the airwaves, which you can do via the toll-free number, brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. They include the updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, go to updates freetalklive.com get on the list free updates.freetalklive.com discovered a new book uh, online at uh, audiblepodcast.com it's you can get it by uh, it's no strings attached at all all you have to do is go to audiblepodcast.com/free and it's a completely free download you don't have to give uh, your credit card information or anything like that you don't nope wow this is audiblepodcast.com/free audiblepodcast.com/free free so it's changed. Well, it's that's a different book entirely. It's just a, All right, I'm confused. It is a book, not a free book of any sort of the 60,000 that uh, audiblepodcast.com offers. That was offers. the deal. That is the deal. That is you the can, deal. You can still go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. I don't want to confuse the issue here, okay, but you can. I'm, I'm a little confused, so I'm not trying to make sure I'm clear on this. So Understood. The, so the deal has been and still is that if you want a free book of any one of their 60,000 right. titles, you go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Right, and it's one of those sort of sign-up situations where you have and to that cancel. that I believe you do need a credit card. A credit card. You, you sign up for a credit card for their deal, and then you can cancel at any time, but it's kind right. of like one of those. Like a book of the month kind of thing. Yeah, get the, get, get the seven CDs for yeah. one. One penny kind of uh, sign-up deal, and uh, they'll continue billing you over but, time. And, but the slash free thing is something free else. Free is just a free audio book for you to you know test out, listen to, try it out. There's no commitment at all. Okay. Audiblepodcast.com slash free. For Correct. That. Okay. 800-259-9231 is our number. Uh, Mark, there's more to this lemonade story. Is that right? Where three five-year-old kids... 
uh, were together with four other friends of theirs, or four, uh, one other, I guess. Uh, it's uh, a seven total relative. kids. Seven kids. Five of them related. Selling lemonade. That's a big lemonade stand. That's a lot of kids for a lemonade stand. They were stand. hanging out. All right, so they're selling lemonade, and the cops were called. One cop comes in and shuts them down. Yeah, says uh, that it's against the law. You're selling lemonade without a permit, kids. And then and actually I, gets the mom to shut them down. Yeah, I guess mom must have balked to some extent because... Goes to the property owner. You know how it is. She, uh, somebody, must have done, somebody did some further digging and discovered that, indeed, it wasn't actually against the law. I think it was the cops, actually, that did uh, f- further digging. Yeah. So... Legality became an issue on July 10th when William Nickerson called to complain that the neighbor's children were peddling the lemonade. (laughs) Nickerson said they were going house to house ringing doorbells and that he didn't think that they were being properly supervised by adults. (laughs) I'm not being a Scrooge, he said. Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, you are, Nick. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I'd like to point out that I don't know how old I was, but I was probably around 10 years old or so. And I put on my little Cub Scout uniform and they had these uh, tickets that we were to sell for the Cub Scout Jamboree. Or or candy bars or, you know, some sort of popcorn. In this case, it was tickets to a yeah. Cub Scout jamboree. I don't know why anyone would want these tickets besides, but at the time, to help I the cute little boy. I didn't know that people wouldn't want these tickets. I was just told, go out and sell <laughs> these tickets. I've been, you know, since forever, that kind of hallelujah, choir, choir sitting kind of seller. I just didn't know any better, so I went out and sold them. I knew that I could get so some. So, wait, you did sell some of them? I sold. <laughs> I sold four times as many as the next closest Cub Scout behind me. Wow, man. And they had no, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just went out in my neighborhood, went down a few streets. I knocked on every door, and I rang every doorbell. That's what you're supposed to do. I had my little bike outside. I put on my little Cub Scout uniform, and I, I there was a speech right there on the uh, the ticket form. It says, hi, I'm from Troop 3, Pack 33, nice. da, 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 and read it off to them. And, and people gave me money and took my tickets, and none of them came. because they just wanted to give a it was a dollar for tickets some of them would buy five tickets you know they They thought you were cute right i'm a cute kid out selling tickets for cub scouts whatever um so by the way i managed to get some uh, really high priced crap uh, from the uh, cub scout store maybe cutco should uh hire the cub scouts and send them out to Deal well, their product. The the fact is that uh, the rest of the Cub Scouts basically sold none except to their family and yeah. friends. And uh, you know, I was probably the only one out there that uh, I, I was the only one out there that did that. So what you're saying is it's not unusual to have kids go door to door selling their wares, right? That's not unusual. Um, by the way, the next closest one was a kid that had a brace on and mm-hmm. walked with a limp. I see. If they felt you, sorry for him. Right. Can you imagine how many he would have sold if he would have gone door to door? Because he didn't. It was just his parents that, uh, sure. as I understand it, went and sold them at work or something like that. Gotcha. Sold a few extras. But anyhow, um, so I managed to go door to door ringing doorbells unsupervised in my Cub Scout uniform. Mm-hmm. I think that these kids are just being entrepreneurial. And yeah. m- Nick uh, Williams here is... The old man. I don't know what, what he is, but... Um, William, excuse me, William Nickerson is just a Scrooge. He doesn't probably doesn't think he is, but I think he just had an attack of Scroogedom. Yeah, and so the cops came out, they shut him down, and then later admitted they were actually wrong. So apparently the kids are allowed to run their own lemonade stand at least yep. until they turn 16, right? That's the law? That's, That's uh, the law. So 16-year-old kids, they're getting old enough to where they're going to have to start begging permission to uh, be entrepreneurs. They become a threat to actual existing businesses. Yeah. <laughs> so they need to pay a fee to the city and I'd, jump through some hoops. I'd like to point out here that the uh, the responding officer 
who was unavailable, um, who was unavailable, and whom Viola would not identify. So the uh, the the deputy chief of police here wouldn't say which police officer found these people to be oh, breaking geez. the law but uh, i think they did correct it and i think that that's a great thing that the police did um you know that the the police administration did credit to them for correcting their error and actually admitting they were wrong a lot of times that doesn't happen that said though they did rain on those kids parade uh they did ru- probably ruin all their fun uh for that particular day and i'd like to point something out I went to the Keene Police Department's website recently, and I wanted to take a look at their little statement of values. They uh, they have they have a plaque up on the wall in their department that talks about how you know what their mission statement is and and that sort of thing. And so I wanted to see what it said, just to see if there's anything juicy, interesting in there that we might be able to use uh, in like an upcoming video that Sam might be working on from ObscuredTruth.com. And I found this one right at the, almost right at the top under the department's statement of values, professionalism. We will obey and enforce the laws of the state of New Hampshire. Sounds pretty good, right? That's what the cops are supposed to do, obey and enforce the laws. But it goes on. With courage, diligence, and last but not least, discretion. And there it is. That's all you need to know about the police, right there. They say right in their own Department of Statement of Values, this is the uh, their professional ethics, it's what they supposedly live by, what they operate by. It says right there that we will use discretion in our enforcement of the laws. Discretion so, is lawful, though, I'll also point out. Fine, it's obviously yeah. lawful, it's right there at the top well, of the... Enforcement, discretion and enforcement is lawful, however, discretion in how they obey the laws is is not... Wait, what do you mean by that? Well, they say that they'll obey and enforce the laws with what courage, diligence, diligence and discretion. And discretion. They do have lawful discretion in a lot of cases. Meaning they can they, choose to not enforce the law. Yeah, I think it. In any, I don't think they can do that in felony cases. But anyway, it tells, so that says that they will inf- obey well, and enforce the laws of the state with discretion. Yeah. Meaning any law, part, they can just say, no, nah, we don't yeah. have to enforce that. But according to what they just wrote there, they'll also obey the laws with, with discretion. discretion. That is exactly what they wrote. And I just find it they very revealing. Too. I've seen cops pull off here, not, not in any kind of a wild way, but they'll just, you'll be on the highway, they'll take an exit, and they won't use their signal at all. Mm-hmm. Sure. They don't have to. Nobody's going to call them on it, because not only do they... Right, I thought about no, it for a fleeting second, but I just said it wouldn't be a good idea to well, try to flag them down. Yeah, exactly, because nothing will happen. Because even if you can prove that they've broken the law, they don't have to do anything about it. And, and of course, we've seen so many examples of this, example after example of how it is the police don't go after their own. They'll come back and they'll, they'll even claim that they were abiding by the law, not that they apparently even have to do that. They say in their, their statement that they'll obey and, and enforce them with discretion. So that means that if you break the law, then you'll probably have the law enforced upon you. But if they break the law, then, well, they can just waive it. So the officer, I, I'll never believe another cop who tells me that, uh, you know, he has to enforce the law. Because I know it's nonsense. It's absolutely nonsense. That cop who was called out to that scene could have ascertained that what was going on and, said, and just called back the station and said, come on you got to be kidding me. I'm going back out on the roads. I'm not going to mess with these kids. Because he has discretion. Unless it's only the Keen PD with language like that, and I highly doubt it. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. That is the point of the program. 1-800-259-9231. 
And it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are free, and also over at Nick's site, there's a whole lot of free stuff there, too. You can go to freemindsmedia.com, that's freemindsmedia.com, and you can listen to Nick uh, hosting his own radio program, which is Free Minds Radio. Also, there's a television version uh, of the show, Free Minds TV, both of them available free, plus blog posts now, all at freemindsmedia.com. All that, plus the Liberty News Roundup. What is that? We've got our own, basically, it's just the top liberty-related news headlines, ones that we found interesting. How do you do that? Or that our web administrator found interesting. Huh? How do you... How, They're do you, just links. They're so just headlines. Do you have to choose blurb. them every single day, or your web guy does uh, that? Zeus does, does most of it. Oh, cool. I mean, I've shot him a couple that I found interesting, but they're just highlights. It's not every day. Yeah, I'd say every other day, probably, we average an, a new important or interesting news story. I know that eventually our friend uh, Sam from the Obscured Truth Network is looking at putting out a, a, a news product on a regular basis, maybe like on a weekly basis. And I think it'll be fun to put that in maybe during our show uh, to, to play during the news breaks, to kind of take out the generic news that the network plays during the news breaks and, and play Sam's news, Obscured Truth Network news. I think that could be kind of fun. So there's a, there's neat new, uh, new media coming out all the time here from New Hampshire and the activists that are really just kicking butt and uh, taking names when it comes to cranking out television, radio, and a newsprint product. It just keeps getting better up here. And Free Minds Media is one of the uh, the groups that's on at the forefront of it at freemindsmedia.com. All right, let's go to the email box where Spencer says, Ian, I think you're being way too hard on the tea parties, and the people who don't want to fight for freedom exactly as you do. Rather than trying to divide the people that agree with you in general, why not focus your efforts on trying to convert or fight the people who clearly don't agree with you? And he goes on, but just to uh, to address his first question, uh, as I've talked about before and we're going to touch on later this week, probably uh, tomorrow night, the, the whole fighting aspect thing, I... I, I'm trying to eliminate that terminology from uh, my speech, uh, the terms fighting and battling and all that, because, uh, you know, violence begets violence and fighting just the system, uh, the system that we we have here in this country encourages people to fight with one another over the most piddly of things, over who can control the uh, the machinations of, of government, and, uh, and I just don't want to be involved in fighting anymore to be free. I think that we can be free if we don't fight. I think that we can just choose to live free, and eventually it would just become so costly for them to incarcerate everybody that they would just have to give up and, and go home. I think that you can you can have your freedom without fighting for it. But nonetheless, he says, I'm trying to divide people by being too hard on the tea parties. He says, I introduced a friend to Free Talk Live, and he won't listen anymore because you were bashing the tea party folks, and he was one of them. While I think he needs to give you another shot, it also makes me realize that over time, your strategy will continuously divide a group that isn't that large to begin with. I didn't go to the tea parties, but I sure don't ridicule people for trying. Well, I actually did go to a tea party, the most recent one, the July 4th Tea Party or Independence Day uh, Tea Party. I went to that one. In fact, not only did I go, I actually spoke uh, kind of extemporaneously. I hadn't gone there with a plan to speak, but they said there was an open mic, and so, you know, me and microphones, I don't mind having one in my hands, so I went up and I, I said a few words. And I initially had been critical of the tea parties and my critique i still hold it i still do and my critique has always been the same 
at least I believe it has, uh, since there's only been two tea parties so far, it has always been that don't expect anything to actually come from the tea parties beyond a, a good social networking experience. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to these tea parties with the belief that if we get together and we shout loud enough and wave signs, someone in politics will pay attention and stop doing what they're doing. Well, people in politics will pay attention, but what I think is largely going to happen is that Republicans are going to use the tea party events to basically try to generate support for Absolutely. replacing the Democrats. And these are you know, not Ron Paul's or Adam no. Kokesh's. They're just... Regular Republicans who are going to grow the size of government just like Democrats are. Absolutely. Right. And, and this guy... Just that, like Levin and his Liberty and Tyranny book. Oh, the um, other talk, Mark, talk show Mark Levin. Guy. The great one. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> Is that what he sounds he like? He does. Uh, I mean, you know, he wrote this book, Liberty and Tyranny. What does he know about Liberty and Tyranny? I don't know, but I'm not going to pay 20 bu- uh, bucks to find out. And, uh, I, you know, I, I I hear the critique of the uh, the emailer here, and I, I, I think that there's... There's something to be said for it. I think that, uh, that probably we could have done more uniting than we did on this one. However, but I never discouraged anyone this from going. Is an open lines show. Yeah. If his friend had a pair and wanted to talk about it, he was the the lines were open for him, and we can. It's not like we've never changed. We've never changed our mind on he this. He heard show. somebody criticizing his Republican buddies. And he decided to get all uppity and tune out. Yep, as likely that's that. true. And I think that anybody who went to the the tea parties, and I I'm, I've been drawn to them. I haven't actually gone, but I was kind of interested in the tea party idea. Anybody who goes to these needs to be on guard against the the politicians that are going to use them yep. to get what they want and are lying. Just like the Republicans who got in power from 2000 to 2006, they were lying to us about smaller government because that's been the party line all along. And then they got in and what they do, they grew the government. And I do think it is important to remember that these are pretty much local events. They're being organized city by city. So the attendees and the organizers of the events are going to have varying levels of commitment to liberty. Some of them are mm-hmm. going to be partisan hacks for the Republicans, and some of the organi- even the organizers and the participants are going to legitimately care about liberty and, at the very least, actually want to see real reduction in the size of government. So, But that's going to vary from city to city. So it is hard to make a blanket statement about the Tea Party movement, because that's really just a label that's been associated with this. What these are are local political rallies. They're just being coordinated. And uh, and a rally is what it is. It's a rally that doesn't really mean anything significant is going to come out of it. Uh, beyond what I said was that you can network with people, and then maybe that will lead to the next step, whatever that is. So far, the next step has been another Tea Party. So we've had one Tea Party a few months back, and then another one uh, on July 4th. I haven't heard anything uh, discussed at at these Tea Parties. I talked to uh, Sam and I, went around and filmed some interviews with some of the participants there. And, of course, the common thread amongst them was, and obviously we didn't talk to everybody, probably didn't even talk to 5% of the crowd. 
but the common thread that of the people we did talk to was that well you know these uh, this administration is bad news and uh, we need to get these this administration out and it was just it was a, a total partisan attack on the uh, the Democrats that happened to be in uh, in power in Washington D.C. which is pretty much what I expected to find but that doesn't mean that I felt like I'd wasted my time I don't think I wasted my time going out there that day I had a bunch of uh, freekeen.com warning flyers that I handed out to almost everyone in the crowd so it was a, a successful day of outreach as far as I was concerned and getting up and and speaking from a pro liberty viewpoint to counter some of the unprincipled speakers that they had there getting up and talking about declaring independence in a very uh, nonpartisan manner that uh, wouldn't have felt like I was attacking them or anybody else. I thought that I did a fairly decent job of getting up and, and speaking, and I think that there was some value in that. I, I never said that I didn't think that the uh, the Tea Parties were completely valueless, just that don't expect miracles to come from the Tea Party. Don't expect to you know get out and wave a bunch of signs and chant and have Washington, D.C. all of a sudden turn around in some sort of pro-liberty direction. I think that some people believe that because there's action that uh that, you know that there will be some sort of fire if you will that that like you know there's smoke there's fire in this case i don't think that's true with the with the tea parties i i think people are better off i think you're better off holding a sign or saying something than doing nothing at all i agree but the politicians don't really care all that much if you're holding rallies you might, but you might be able to you know somebody else might see the rally going on they might come over talk with you about some of your views and move closer to liberty. And you might be able to move politicians, maybe at a local level, very insignificantly in the margins. They might go, "Eh, you know, we're having these big anti-tax rallies. Let's only raise taxes by 2% this year instead of 3 You might be able to influence them in that way. I'm all for anti-tax rallies. I'm going to be on the lookout for local um, and state-level Republicans that are out there using this as a fundraising opportunity for their campaign. Uh, You know, I've seen no indication, you know, that Republicans really are. Uh, you know, much better on uh, you know taxing and spending than the Democrats are. Right. I, I think that you've got to be very careful. You've got to look at these people, and the fact that they come and and speak at one of these rallies doesn't mean nothing. anything. And it means they're an opportunist, like a politician should be. I That's think what if they you're do. if you're interested in you know getting taxes reduced for real, you need to, like I was. You need you need to look closely at the Free State Project, because I think there's a chance here. I don't think there's yeah. a chance anywhere. And it's not dividing. Uh, just because your friend got upset at what we were saying, because we were just expressing our honest opinions about the Tea Party phenomenon, I'm not going to be uh, salivating over something that I don't really think is particularly effective. All that said, I never discouraged anyone from attending these things. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hour three's on the way. I had a great idea at work yesterday. So, I gathered my A-team to meet online using WebEx. I passed the ball to Carol in Atlanta, and I created some killer graphics. Then, I passed the ball to Taz in San Jose because I write the code that makes their ideas work online. Then I passed the ball to Logan in Cambridge. I'm kind of the keeper of cool. And hey, it was cool. So now, my idea wasn't just an idea. It was our hot new product line. Created by our national development team. Spread across three time zones. And we couldn't have done it without passing the ball. Using WebEx, the only way to pass the ball online. Pass the ball. Get your ideas rolling. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 606 to get a free trial and a free retractable boy pet set. Remember that code 606. 
WebEx from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X dot com. Free headsets available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. Talk Live, it's your show. We are launching into the third hour of the program. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. And that is freetalklive.com. Uh, so your calls are what the show is about. Otherwise, we bring up things that are interesting to us. Coming up. Nicotine gum and a teenager did not mix well. Uh, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But first, Fred Reed over at LouRockwell.com asks the question, is military service honorable? You certainly hear a lot, uh, a lot of allusions in popular culture and in the, in the press and the media in America and, and probably from friends and family and coworkers, this constant uh, worshipfulness of the troops. Even if they disagree with what the troops are doing, it's always you have to support the troops because, well, it's an honorable profession. And Fred Reed, I think, was actually in the military, so he may have a thing or two to say about it here. Last night, V and I watched for the first time a documentary shot by my friend Jim Coyne on Joan Baez and the movement against a war that no one any longer remembers far away on another planet. It was a lovely film work. Jim is a genius, and I may have to stop having friends. I feel inferior to all of them, and it gets depressing. Of no interest to anyone but me, perhaps, it completely changed my understanding of Joan Baez, whom I had regarded for 40 years as just another pretty voice. No, turns out she's smart, tough, and principled in a world that isn't. I hereby apologize. And I'd like to take a moment to apologize to uh, Ms. Baez, uh, Baez as well. Because when I was in high school, my smarmy, uh, bratty friends and I decided to make fun of one of our Spanish teachers. And our Spanish teacher was a Quaker. Uh, She was somebody who uh, I think liked Joan Baez, because I believe Joan Baez is also a Quaker. Has that sound to it, I believe that's the case. And so we did some very, you know, juvenile things, uh, like printing. We took the, you know, the Quaker guy from the Quaker Oats yeah. cereal boxes, and one guy made uh, what he called Quaker armor. He took several uh, cutouts of the Quaker guy and like attached them to himself. And there were uh, banners that were posted around the school. I mean, it was a real big uh, event. And the, the lady certainly. She was an authoritarian kind of teacher, and she definitely did not jive with me too well. But it, Ms. Baez certainly did not deserve that. And uh, what did Ms. Baez get out of the out of this uh, thing with the the Quakers? She was made fun of. I that's see. all. It was just well, it was called Joan Baez Day. Actually, is what okay. the, the the entire festival was surrounding uh, Joan Baez and making fun of Quakers. And now, of course, irony of ironies, I'm a Quaker today. So <laughs> it's funny how life works out like that. Well, it's uh, um, it is funny. But I, as a Quaker, do you feel anything about Quaker oats? Because I don't. I mean, if if somebody wants to relate my religion to some oats. <laughs> Okay, um, it means nothing to me. I don't wear the funny hat. I don't have yeah. the long hair. I don't. I don't know. I have nothing about my life is in any way similar to the oats. And no, no. We went to that Quaker meeting this it, weekend. All it just shows is ignorance of the Quaker religion. And I'm not saying that. Oh, to, I had no idea what Quakerism sure. was. And that's right. To, to you, <laughs> the only thing that there was about Quaker were the oats. It was no. It was an opportunity to uh, irritate a teacher that we didn't like. Sure. And uh, and it, it's just kind of. I, I just wanted to take this moment to apologize. Not that either of them are listening, but it's just kind of funny how things work out. Now, after all of that, here I am as a Quaker. 
I think that there's a uh, on the BBS there's a, a very funny fr- uh, little post from Richard Rose Water the Third, who I believe is a comic genius, who uh, has us both in uh, the Quaker uh, the Quaker. The garb, Look, yeah. The, yeah. The, they took he took the oats thing and put it on there, and then said, "That's cute." Use the unicure, my brother, or something like that. <laughs> it's really, really funny. So he goes on, uh, Fred Reed at LouRockwell.com here. Uh, he says, "In that war, of course, he's talking about Vietnam. I forget what planet it was on. The freaks and professors and mothers and the simply decent finally managed to stop the carnage, though only after the Pentagon had killed sixty thousand American kids." and a million or so Vietnamese, not to mention devastating Laos and bringing Pol Pot to power. God, I'm proud, we're such a force for democracy. When the GIs left Asia in 1973, the commie peaceniks thought they'd won, and they had, for ten minutes. The grip of the military on the country loosened briefly. Unfortunately, the soldiers learned not how to win wars, which they do poorly, if at all, but how to keep a war going. Winning a war isn't all it's cracked up to be. The promotions and contracts stop. When you're paid to do something... It's in your interest to not ever finish doing it. The Pentagon's first lesson learned was to avoid conscription, as the conscripted and their families will take to the streets. By using an army of volunteer suckers about whom nobody of importance cares, the military severs its wars from most of the country, which loses interest. The brass are then free to do as they choose. The second lesson learned was that while defeating the enemy is not necessary and perhaps not desirable, controlling the press is everything. And they did it. So 40 or so years after the love-ins, the marches, the righteous dope, all of which may seem silly, but in my view preferable to watching a Cambodian mother screaming over the open bleeding guts of her child, the Pentagon is at it again. Once more, the jets howl over remote primitive countries, countries that did nothing to the United States and couldn't have, and promotions flow, and contracts, and generals demand more troops and more money to stop communism. Oh, excuse me, terrorism. Soon, the Chinese, a better threat, coming to a theater near you. With the passing of years, one demon fades into another. Switching enemies is much easier now, what with search and replace. It's all about democracy and freedom and patriotism and saving America from, well, from something. The hoopla changes little, and how well it works. Patriotic friends sometimes say to me of the military ardent things like, When your country says go, you go! I seldom point out that no one in their families is in the slightest danger of having to go, nor that the country is recruiting hard and they aren't urging their children to enlist, nor do I ask, what's your attitude toward having your daughter drafted onto the streets of Baghdad for five tours, perhaps coming back drooling and gurbling for life after having her brain scrambled by a roadside bomb? Patriotism is important to patriots. They're full of it, and I'm about a court low. I shut up. I don't want to lose friends. Yet, I think I must be a communist. It seems to me that when your country says go, you should ask, why? Do you have a reason to kill whoever you're being sent to kill? And how many of these people in the military ask that? How many in these... How many of them ask it? You know, I was just, only once in a while because it's a having, news story when they do. I've been having one of these, and I don't know why I do it to myself. One of these online debates. Uh, somebody, oh somebody came on and they said something dumb like. Uh, you know, now that the terrorists are torturing people and the Obama administration and blah, 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 you fill in the rest. It's just stupid. Um, we got to get them over there before they come here. Right. And I'm, I'm like, look, the United States uh, classified waterboarding as terrorism in um, World War II. You can't have it both ways. And then it starts. 
Yeah, you know, the, the, they just, the, the talking about it. Imagine that there was a wife beater and coming in to get the woman and her kids and wouldn't you shoot him? What? Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't go to his house and shoot him in his living room. <laughs> I mean, what? So, you know, the, this it goes on and on and then the soldiers chime in and the one soldier... He's, I take offense. Yeah, of course he does. Of course he does. Because, you know, he's a mindless mupron over there blowing people apart and... You know, he hasn't even thought about it. He's not even old enough to consider what it's like to have his child dismembered by some kind of weapon of, uh, you know, significant size destruction and doesn't care. They're not real children over there. Right. They're, they're not brown humans. children. And, and that's, you know, it's collateral damage. It's not like it matters. Whoops. Sorry it was a wedding. Sorry it was your family. Yeah, they, sorry, sorry, sorry. They for won't every have to one see those, them. For every one of those you hear about, there's ten you don't. Yeah. And uh, this guy suggested that I watch the movie Obsession. Did you get this in the mail? I did. It's oh, I remember when that came in. Disgusting propaganda um, given out by some, uh, you know, American Jewish organization that wants to see Israel, you know, uh, protected it's or whatever. It's about as bad as the propaganda that they complained about coming out of Iran. Right. It's but, disgusting stuff, and it's it's just it's twisted, twisted, twisted. And this guy suggests I watch it. He says it's very unbiased. <laughs> what? Yeah. You don't even you, know what unbiased is. You're that messed uh, up, man. So Fred Reed says, uh, so if uh, so, ask why if you're being sent to kill somebody, and if you uh, if if you have a reason to kill whoever you're being sent to kill, then go. Otherwise, don't. If I told you to go to Ottawa and kill Canadians, you'd think me mad and think it correctly. But why then should you obediently kill them because a politician in Washington or 435 of them or 535 of them tells you to do it? I don't understand. And, of course, your country doesn't ever tell you anything at all. Countries are just abstractions. Men tell you to go, and for their own purposes. Dick Cheney or George Bush, Nixon, uh, Nixon or the men that run the petroleum industry or people in the Israeli lobby or men in the military companies that want contracts or the officers who want to give war a try. He's got a few more thoughts here in moments. Uh, is military service honorable? Well, I think you can figure out what his answer is. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. If you dial toll-free at 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features, including live streams, broadband, dial-up, and even a webcam version of the show. They're all available for you free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen. .freetalklive.com. Fred Reed over at lourockwell.com is talking about or answering the question, is military service honorable? And he's pointing out that a lot of these people are just doing as they're told. They're just blindly obeying uh, whatever demands that the men in Washington, D.C. are demanding of them. It's, it's not their country that is sending them anywhere. It's the men in charge of the military that are sending them there, as we've pointed out so many times on this program. And uh, Reed continues, he says, countries are abstractions. It's the men that tell you to go and for their own purposes. Why are these people, Dick Cheney, Barack Obama, all those guys, my country? And why isn't Joan Baez my country instead of David Petraeus? I will choose who is my country, thank you. Lead Belly, Benny Goodman, Carl Perkins, and Ms. Emily Ann will come before LeMay, McNamara, Lyndon Johnson, and Obama long before. Soldiers talk much of honor. I don't understand how military service can possibly be thought of as honorable. If the Wehrmacht were landing in North Carolina, yes, 
but I don't believe that it is. Where is the honor in bombing from the air lightly armed peasants who can't fight back? <laughs> it's cowardly, yes, and obscene, but don't talk of honor. Murder for hire is murder for hire. That's what uh, General Sm- Major General Smedley Butler said about his career. He said he was essentially a high-class muscle man for big business. Yeah, and that was uh, War is a Racket, his book that I yeah. think is available free on the Internet. And that was from World War One and his invasions of Panama and the Philippines and things like that. It's, the same, it's been the same thing all along. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, these companies, these large companies that have more control in the government than you do – Managed to get these wars surreptitiously started. They whip people up over nonsense that may or may not be true, and then demonize an enemy. They benefit. Yep. And the dupes, uh, you know, there's a fresh batch of new dupes every single year because somebody's always turning 18. I was sure one. Yep. Oh uh, yeah, I was too. When I was in high school, I thought the military would be pretty cool, man. You know, free rent and stuff like that. There was. <laughs> My mom thought it was just the darn best deal because, you, you know, you work 20 years and then you leave yeah. with a great retirement. And, that, and all those things are true. And discipline. All, right, whatever that means. But, <laughs> you know, all the benefits are absolutely true, but they're, they, they just go to show that these people are nothing but bureaucrats with guns. We now have men who sit at screens drinking coffee and firing missiles from remote robotic aircraft at it's people crazy. on the ground whom they cannot identify. Brave men, they. I could burst into a kindergarten and kill the children with a ball bat. (laughs) The one is as honorable as the other. Recently, I saw on television a black sergeant in Afghanistan, probably chosen by his commander for photogenicity, standing in front of a tank or mobile gun. I forget which. He said something scripted like, This is a such-and-such unit, the most powerful fighting force in the world. This sort of ritual cockiness is carefully ingrained. Near my barracks in Paris Island was a sign. The most dangerous thing in the world is a marine rifleman. If it had said an ambitious colonel, it would have come closer to the truth. But one may wonder, unless one already knows, how good the Pentagon's military really is. A pissed-off peasant with an RPG would seem, on the evidence, more effective than the pricey Zoom Kapows arrayed against him. I cannot endorse the politics of the Taliban. If one of them told me that my daughter couldn't go to school, one of us would leave the room on a stretcher. Yet, as fighting men, are they not magnificent? They have only rifles, explosives, RPGs, and balls. Their enemies have unlimited air support, helicopters, armor, artillery, sophisticated communications, night vision gear, good food, and excellent medical care. The Taliban take heavy casualties. Their enemies almost none. The ragheads don't even have PX privileges, yet they have not been defeated. A fight on even terms would last perhaps five minutes. This for a trillion dollars. What the hell? Plus Ka change, plus Ka doesn't. Next year in Beijing, tell you what, though, I never liked Kumbaya and We Shall Overcome is probably the sappiest song ever written. But those people had nothing to be ashamed of. 800-259-9231. Fred Reed over at LewRockwell.com. Your Obviously, I, I, I can't uh, disagree. No, I just thought it was uh, I thought it was really powerful. I thought uh, you deserved to hear it. 800-259-9231. Uh we will talk to you about whatever is on your mind. Here's a here's a short story about a politician kind of making good. Old Bob Barr, who I'm sure has sent plenty of people to die in uh, in his name when he was a representative so-called in the US House of Representatives. We've certainly talked a lot of crap about him on this show when yeah. he uh, ran for president of the Libertarian Party. Yes, he uh, helped it, con- helped seriously to contribute to the demise of the the principles of the libertarian party and and for that you know he 
certainly I think the Libertarian Party. Uh, uh, they were that. well on their way out at, at that point for sure. But to Bob's credit, the U.S. House of Representatives Thursday passed uh, the District of Columbia Appropriations Bill, and in doing so, removed an 11-year-old amendment barring the district from implementing the medical marijuana law approved by voters in 1998. Do you remember when uh, we've talked about that in the past? Do you remember what happened there? No. Voters. Well, it was Bob Barr who put the amendment in place to stop the medical marijuana measure from passing. There was a fairly significant majority of D.C. residents that voted to approve medical marijuana within the district. Mm -hmm. And since the House of Representatives is essentially the apparently the legislative body for D.C., they stepped in and decided, no, no. Nope. We're just going to put this thing on hold because we can, and to hell with the will of the voters, uh, this isn't going through. And it was Representative Bob Barr, it was called the Barr Amendment. He was the guy that put this thing forth. And it's been attacked by both medical marijuana and D.C. home rule advocates for years as an unconscionable intrusion into district affairs. Ironically, Barr, who was defeated in a Republican primary in 2004, in part because of his opposition to medical marijuana, has become an advocate of drug law reform. He's seen the light. Including for for repeal of his own amendment. He's done stints with the ACLU and the Marijuana Policy Project. According to MPP, today represents a victory not just for medical marijuana patients, but for all city residents who have the right to determine their own policies in their own district without federal meddling. D.C. residents overwhelmingly made the sensible, compassionate decision to pass a medical marijuana law, and now ten years later, ten years later... Suffering Washingtonians finally may be allowed to focus on treating their pain without fearing arrest. Now, of course, the operative word being may. It hasn't actually happened yet. But with Republicans in control of the House until 2006, Congress had reapproved the Barr Amendment in every D.C. appropriations bill until this year. But even under Republican control, pressure had begun to mount after the death of a D.C. resident quadriplegic medical marijuana user who was arrested and died in a D.C. jail for lack of adequate medical care story that I hadn't even heard about, but not is, is not surprising in any way. The story, I want to know, did Bob Barr say he was sorry? I don't know, but I do know they had to pay him to, to lobby for this. So he only gets a little bit of credit. Like, he gets some credit for going in and actually doing the work to undo what he originally worked toward. That's There's credit deserved there, but the fact that MPP had to actually hire him as a lobbyist to get him to come out and do that, I don't know what that says. That's kind of weak, Bob. Well, I think a person's time is worth something, and if he can get uh, if he can get money for lobbying, that doesn't bother me. As but to undo the damage that he did, mm. the right thing to do would have been to gone in there and to you know say your mea culpa, eat a little bit of crow, and sh- and show up and appear and do this out of the goodness of your own heart, not because you're getting a paycheck. I hear your point. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But hey, you know he's a politician. I'll give him a little bit of credit where it's due, but there isn't much credit to give on this one. Free Talk Live, you bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. In an instant, the world changed for Lieutenant General Michael O'Neill. His staff shot before his eyes. Arrested for war crimes, he now faces a short, one-sided trial. The boundaries blur. The chaos returns. Somebody is going to die. The long-awaited sequel to Hell's Fair, The Eye of the Storm, by New York Times best-selling author John Ringo from Bain Books. Remember, if you don't like your world, visit one of ours at Bain.com. Free Talk Live, it is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And the features include, by the way, the Facebook profile of which you can become a fan and network with other Free Talk Live listeners at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. So we're going to go to, uh, you've got a story about nicotine gum, right, Mark, and a school? Give us the details on that. Something happened that wasn't supposed to happen. From UPI, I'm not sure entirely what I think about this. It's just weird. Um, From UPI, West Bromwich, England, The mother of a 14-year-old British boy who overdosed on nicotine gum blames the school officials who allowed it to be handed out without parental consent. So, you know, there immediately off the top, you wonder why are school officials handing out nicotine gum to 14-year-olds? And, you know, parental consent, you would think that they would need that. And who's watching the watchers on this uh, nicotine gum is the next question you'll ask once you hear this. The boy, identified as Adam Williams of West Bromwich, England, fell ill and collapsed after chewing 105 pieces of Nicorette gum in 25 minutes. In 25 minutes? 105 pieces. I mean, this could only be a dare. That's a lot of nicotine. I don't. Ha- I've never taken the nicotine gum, but I imagine it says on the box you're not only supposed to take it so many right. so often. Right. <laughs> Administer a certain amount of nicotine yeah. to yourself. I can't even imagine what was going on here. Did he like once the an hour or something? I-, I can't imagine this was even a mistake. This had to be like you know some kid doing something really dumb. You know, look. How did look he get me. that I many of kid- them? I saw a kid when I was a kid uh, take like sixty aspirin. And Gosh. just being suicidal, you know, not suicidal, but like self-destructive. He's I lucky guess. he woke up afterwards. Yep. That so's this kid. Um, let's see. Apparently, it's the equivalent to smoking 180 Marlboro Light <laughs> cigarettes, which is what? How many? It, Nick, how many uh, uh, packs of cigarettes is that? That would be nine packs of cigarettes. So it's a, almost a full carton. A carton of cigarettes in 25 inside twenty-five minutes. Gosh. The Daily Mail reported Monday. Aiden told uh, authorities he had been given the gum by another student who had and um, had received it from drug counselors visiting oh, Menzies High School Science College. So they didn't directly give it to this young man. I. I, I but with, uh, had, why are they giving it anyway? Right. They had uh, been to the school that morning giving out hundreds of boxes of Nicorette to pupils who smoke. Wow, that's crazy. Mother, Caroline Williams, told the Daily Mail, Doctors said that he could have died had he not been kept in for 24 hours for observation. I know that my son did what my son did was stupid, but if anything, but if it proves anything, these kids can't be given responsibility for taking medication that could do serious harm. He's 14 years old and he can't take responsibility for taking medication. That's sad. Right. Was I, it just because he, now? Wait, is he a smoker? No, I so don't he's not even so. a smoker. I don't get that impression. Because I could I think understand this if could it kills a smoker. I think honestly. this was just a stunt. I mean, just to be really, a, a stupid just, kid thing. Yeah, stu- stupid well, teen look boy what thing. What I'm gonna do? Yeah. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> God. Okay, so Aiden's wow. friend who was originally given the gum would have been told very clearly how often to use it by the worker who gave it to him. And this is one of the problems, um, you know, with with administering things in a government school to kids without their parents' consents. Well, at least if you're giving out Nicorette condoms, gum. Well, you give you give out condoms for free, and you can believe that some kid's going to suffocate himself. You give know. out abortions, some little girl's going to die, and her uh, parents didn't give permission. 
these are some of the problems with uh, the, you know giving out medical stuff in school. Oh yeah, I, I definitely think there's a problem here, uh, no doubt about it. But it's just it just goes to show that these teachers and these administrators believe that the kids are theirs, not the parents. Yep. They get to they have identified that your son has a problem with smoking, so they have decided to take it on their own volition and help him solve his problem. Because you parents aren't doing enough for your kids, so we're going to take the mantle of uh, taking care of your children for you. And I mean, that's what's going they on have here. No responsibility if you can imagine you mean if they if they botch it up right yeah. if you can imagine what would happen to uh ms caroline williams his mom if she had administered to her son 180 oh cigarettes worth of uh nicorette yeah. gum then you know he would have been taken away mm-hmm. but what's the what's going to happen to the school are they going to shut it down tomorrow no no are they going to uh, you know are they going to do anything to these bureaucrats are they going to lose their jobs no, but this woman would have lost likely the most valuable thing she has on the planet, which is the, you know, her son. And they won't bear any responsibility because that's what it's like, people. Remember, they've got discretion. They can, <laughs> they can do they can whatever, do whatever they, they, want. they want. They're the government and they can do whatever it they want. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how creative your defense is in court. It as doesn't we found matter today. how much they hurt you your family, someone you love, someone you don't even know. It doesn't matter. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I wonder if somebody's friend who's listening to the podcast or the radio show for the first time is going to be offended, offended by us saying that. The government that is good. And never listen again. Government, what are you talking about? Government's great. Uh, you know what? You, what can you do? I mean, I, I never said anything I didn't believe about the Tea Party. What you're referencing yeah. is an email we got earlier from somebody who said his friend listened uh, when we were talking about Tea Parties. And I was critical, as I have been and will continue to be, even though I attended one of them, uh, critical of the, the Tea Parties because I don't think that everything is just going to work. Uh, and I'm going to speak out when I don't believe something is as effective as it otherwise could be. And uh, so I've never said anything I don't fully believe, and I'm not going to candy coat my my feelings about things. I'm now, sorry if it offends people. I, I think in the uh, the case of the Tea Party thing, perhaps we should have given more plus pros to the Tea Party cons that we spoke of. Um, in this case, I think I that, gave every pro I could think of, Mark. Yeah, but we gave the cons a lot more vociferously. I've got to say, personally, that's how I feel. Um, but in this case, I mean, what, what what are we supposed to say? I don't think the I'm... government really can do whatever it wants, and you really can't do anything about it. Not darn much, at least. But but back to the issue of pros and cons and all that. I'm critical of our own rallies. I mean, whenever I think a rally run by my friends is relatively ineffective, it's just a feel good event. I mean, there was a, a bunch of free state uh, liberty activists that were out front of the courthouse a few weeks back, waving signs. They were anti-drug war signs, and very great, very creative signs. Uh, we got a lot of honks from people driving by, and that's all that is. It's just a feel-good event to say, hey, we're here. You know, it doesn't do anything else besides that. But it's something to get people together and to get them feeling good together and to get them socializing and being together. And to that end, I think that that's good. But to to expect that anything's going to happen from any sign waving, even the ones that we organize, is is ludicrous. And so I'll, I'll critique our own events. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Alex emails in. Hey, I'm a fairly new listener. I have some questions on perhaps opinions on ostracism. I heard Ian use the example of if he'd known someone that came into his business and they were a member of the Ku Klux Klan, 
who burned crosses in their yard, he would not allow them service from his business. And I can understand that because if people don't like how you're running your business, such as keeping people like the Ku Klux Klan or Ku Klux Klan out, they can go somewhere else. But another example was from the school principal in the child porn incident. Uh, now, this was the principal that had adult women photographs with the heads of the teen girls, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it was an elementary young school. Girls young girls that were um, in their from teens, the school. The girls from the school, their heads pasted onto adult women's bodies. Yeah. But another example, that's what he's talking about. People could ostracize the principal rather than send him to jail, sure, but where would that end? What if I had an odd fetish and it somehow got out? I wasn't involved in hurting anyone by having this fetish, but I was ostracized for it. I'm not sure why people can't just accept someone for who they are. I suppose acceptance and understanding can come through enlightenment, but I think it would take a very long time for people to start thinking outside of their own box. Now, there really aren't very many questions in there, as he suggested there would be, but he does point out, and his question is basically, why can't people accept accept someone for who they are? And if it's uh, for some sort of sexual thing, then yeah, I'm all in favor of accepting people for, for who they are. If they aren't actually hurting another person, if they're not damaging another person's uh, life or their property doing snuff films yeah then i have no problem whatsoever my only suggestion was that ostracism would have been a preferable choice in that case to actually putting this man in a prison cell for 25 years which is what he was facing in jail i can see ostracism in the case of the uh, the principal i mean imagine for a second it's your daughter and you're not going to think that that's quite so cool that this uh this guy that's sitting up there running the school and taking the big fat paycheck for running everything is uh you know, looking at pictures that he imagines of these girls. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time if you make the call right now for you to get in and talk about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's one 800 259 And tonight it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark, join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give to you free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more uh, radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. And if that's valuable to you, it'll only be 3 bucks a month. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. The details are all uh, right there for you at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. So we're going to go back into the email box here as Katrina emails. She says, guys, I wrote you once back when I was in high school. It was about public schools trying to take away individualism. Since then, I've graduated with several suspensions and warnings under my belt and finished my freshman year at college while working two jobs. Now I really feel and see everything I'd ever listened to you two protest about and everything I stood against honestly Life got away from me, and I stopped standing for what I truly believed in. And for that, I feel like I let down everyone who stands for freedom. I'm done and no longer want to feed into this system. I want to help. What can I do? At this point, I don't really have a lot of money between school and jobs. It's it's hard for people that are in their early 20s Absolutely. to have a lot of money. Uh, she says, ironically, I'm a double major in criminal justice and sociology. 
Mostly, I don't have money because I'm being taxed at every turn, and half the time I have to choose between gas and food because half my paycheck I never see, and the rest goes to sales tax and expensive plate renewals. I'm done fighting to stay afloat on minimum wage while the boss comes in and says, thanks for working so hard to get me that bonus, now I can take my vacation a few days longer. He actually said those words at a meeting while most of the workers are on food stamps in WIC because we work for minimum wage. I hate measure, M-E-I-J-E-R, I I don't know what that is, but if I quit, I guess it's her job, then I'm screwed, and I won't be any help. So I may not have money, not through fault of my own, but I do have time. I live in a small town, and I feel like my voice won't do a lot of good here. However, I do plan on attending the township hall meetings with my father. Start small, right? Is she uh, on the right track so far here, guys? Town meeting? That's what she's saying, yeah. Can't hurt Gotta start somewhere. I'm so frustrated, she says, that Michael Jackson and McDonald's taking off a slice of cheese was the headline news instead of hijacked ships in international waters and the continued tyranny of the government. I may only be 19, but I can sure as hell see that the government wants people to be dumb and materialistic so they can do whatever they want. And people like sheep will follow their shepherd over the cliff. I want to help change this, but what can I do? At this point, I don't care if I need to spend time in jail. I'm young, and I'd rather spend time fighting for what's right rather than spend my life in fear of the government. Well, I must go back to my SE job in retail. Thanks for everything you do from Katrina. You know, um, we were, both you and I were sort of in this conundrum when we were doing the show for the first two or three years. We essentially were doing a uh, kind of a, a libertarian talk show that had essentially the same solutions that any other talk show has except vote libertarian right but except the likelihood of people voting libertarian is really minimal yeah um you know at the other talk show shows that say vote democrat or vote republican you had the like the possibility that that, uh, your your candidate was going to win because democrats and republicans win however when your solution is vote libertarian (laughs) you're offering people a solution that hasn't yet worked and doesn't if they look at it doesn't seem even likely to work so no and now that we've looked at it further we realize that it was uh Futile. Right, and that's how that's how I feel now. Is the voting libertarian really didn't uh, that didn't help, especially on a national type level? I'm had, not I'm not against it, but had it started to work, let's say that people actually did start to vote libertarian, what would have happened is what did happen, and that is the libertarian party would become a threat to the establishment, and the establishment would co-opt it, which is what has happened to the libertarian party. It's been taken over from the inside by establishment people, by people that are in favor of the state, and so it's now been completely watered down. But to get back to Katrina's question, right? What, can what you is do? it she can do? We as didn't a... have a solution. I mean, you know, we'd be like, we, you know, non-cooperation really wasn't on the radar uh, for, for us as far as I think you at one point decided you were going to stop paying federal income tax, but I don't know at what point that was. That would have been in 2004. It's not very effective if you're not in an area where there are people to back you up either. Plenty of people nope. don't cooperate with the law, and that's why the U.S. already has the highest prison population in the world. And Absolutely. So right. we did come across the Free State Project, and that is, in my opinion, the best solution. But for somebody who's, uh, for instance, right now in college and probably not going to go anywhere for the next three years, well, there if, are things you can do. If you're willing to go to jail, um, as she said she was, I don't see why you're not willing to move. Going right. to jail is going to kind of 
take well, you she's out in college whole... right now. Well, you're going to get incompletes on everything in her course. Yeah. And college, you can switch college anytime you want. Yeah. There's no reason going for her to, to stay. Going to jail is, is going to disrupt your life as much as moving, probably I think the more. biggest concern is local rates, state rates. I don't even know what, what you call them, but uh, the rates basically change for somebody who wants to switch to a school that's outside their, um, you know, you have to be a resident to right. get the discount, resident rates. that kind of thing. Um, I think that you would have to find uh, somebody in the Free State Project that would be willing to say that you'd been living at their address for a year or two or whatever it was, and I don't know exactly how those things work, but... Uh you know, I mean, it would all depend on the policy of the school, I guess. Right. right? Or if you took it, you know, quite state, honestly. It, well, that's a state government requirement. So essentially, you'd be asking somebody to lie so the taxpayers had to dole out money to another resident. But, I, I wasn't going to suggest that she pick up and move to a different school, but that's an option. I mean, if you are excited by what's happening here in New Hampshire and you want to get up here, uh, go to jail here in New Hampshire. It's, it's going to be a much more effective. If you feel like you have to go to jail, uh, this is going to be the place to do it. They've got community colleges here, too. I don't think you necessarily have to go to jail either um, to have an effect. I think No, could, I don't either. I don't. Uh, and so if she just wants to get her feet wet, it doesn't sound like she's done a whole lot of activism of any sort. Um, maybe try start just starting a blog or trying How about a college to, group. How about starting oh, yeah, a college, college group? group just trying to put together some rallies. They don't really do anything, but you can at least get a feel for trying to organize people, talking with people about what beliefs you have. You'll you'll also see the futility of doing most things outside of the Free State Project. I mean, I've got oh, to God, say, God, it's going to be difficult. I don't. Yeah. I, I just I just don't see there's any point in doing anything for liberty. I can't think of much there of anything out there. There is a point to get the, you're getting your feet wet and getting you know dabbling in activism yeah. and, and trying. You know, it, it, Mark. I mean, there was a point in what I did down in Florida in that it made me a better activist. Uh, whether okay. it did anything for the freedom of the people in Florida so, is another question. Training for moving, yeah, fine. Training wheels. Uh, I, I'm I'm fine with that, but I, you know, I just don't. As far as doing anything for liberty. I just can't imagine that there's going to be much effect of anything that you're going to do outside of the Free State Project. I think there's minimal effect of what's going on in the Free State Project. I think it's just uh, infinitely larger than anything else you can do elsewhere. So if it's you're still going, a chance. Katrina, if you're going to stay where you are for college, if you're not going to move to New Hampshire to, to complete your college, if you're going to stay right where you are, I'd say hold off on going to jail and wait until you, if, if you're moving to New Hampshire, and hopefully you are, uh, wait until you get up here. I know some of the ladies here are talking about a topless protest. It'll probably happen before you you're done with college. Oh, that'll uh, but, just attract her here. Yeah. But hey, you know, it's something that uh, a lady can participate in, and I think that's an attractive uh, form of uh, civil disobedience. But nonetheless, if you are staying there, then what you can do is you can do outreach to the kids at the college. I mean, the fact is, these guys are, and you know this, you're in the college, they're being bombarded with socialism, they're being bombarded with Keynesian economics, they're being uh, just completely inculcated with a statist mindset at this school, and so. You can try your best, you can do your best to rescue as many of them as you possibly can. And if it takes, hopefully, hopefully you can have at least one of your friends help you with this, but most colleges have some sort of common area where uh, during the day or on the weekends or whenever, you can go and set up a table and you can, you can do outreach to people, whether it's doing a world's smallest political quiz from the Advocates for Self-Government or whether you've gotten some, uh, some free state project brochures or whatever kind of information, the individual, uh, Society for Individual Liberty. I mean, there are all kinds of great liberty-oriented organizations out there that you can get in touch with. FIJA, Fully Informed Jury Association. 
Association that you can get in touch with to get some uh, some uh, some information and get that information in front of people. Maybe you could do some screenings of some liberty-oriented films or documentaries at the, the student theater. Distribute, There's a lot of things you can do. Distribute MP3s of uh, Free Talk, Talk Live. Live. Sure. I mean, the, fact, the fact is we've been reasonably successful in converting people that listen to the show over to the ideas of liberty. I don't know how many we lose, but we certainly gain quite a few. Maybe there's a campus radio station. Maybe you could go in there and get involved in that host your own show or get Free Talk Live on the air on the campus radio station. So I would say within the world of the college, there's a lot that can be done, and it is it is an encouraged thing on college campuses for people to do you know, what's considered political action. So if you're going to stick it out there, I'd say uh, get out there and, and meet people and introduce them to the ideas of liberty, and maybe you'll be able to bring a handful of folks up to New Hampshire with you if you come up here for the Free State Project. FreeStateProject.org is their website, by the way. It's been Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. All right. Don't forget to visit Nick at his website, FreeMindsMedia.com. And our website is FreeTalkLive.com. We'll see you tomorrow night. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.